The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. Kia ora koutou katoa, and welcome back to Business is Boring. I'm your host, Simon Pound. It's very exciting to be back to share more of the great stories of the people, ideas, and change happening in business in Aotearoa. We'll be doing a few new things here, like checking back in with some of the 250 great guests we've had to catch up on their journey, like today's guest. When we first spoke to Brooke Roberts in 2017, she had her new company Sharesies soft launch in beta and was excited that that just hit 2,000 users in a month. Fast forward five years, and they have more than 500,000 New Zealanders on the app, with 2 billion invested, and have launched into Australia. Their idea of helping all Kiwi be able to invest in shares easily and affordably has been extraordinarily successful. It's now valued at half a billion, and with nearly 10% of New Zealand using it, it's now one of the great Kiwi business success stories. But in many ways, at only five years old, it's just getting started. To talk the journey to here, where they're going, and how they did it, CEO, 3EO, and co-founder, Brooke Roberts, joins us now. Tanakwe, thank you so much for being here Let's pick up where we left off. So when we talked last time, you had a couple of managed fund options uh, and you had some plans for getting some direct investments and and moving on. How did you go about growing the business from 2,000 odd users uh, and what were the kind of big steps that you took? Yeah, growing from 2,000 users, it's it's been an awesome journey really. We... uh in terms of what changed, you know, when we started, there was this real perception that you couldn't invest um, if you didn't have heaps of money. Like literally, you couldn't invest with fifty dollars. You um, you had to know all the jargon to be an investor, and you pretty yeah pretty much had to live a you know be wealthy to be an investor. And I think that's changed or, or has really started changing you know, over the last five years. People go, oh, I can be an investor, and I can invest how much I want, and and I, I don't have to know everything from day one. You know, I can learn as I go and, um, yeah, and be spoken to like, a, you know, how I usually speak. And I think that's really important. Um, so I think that started to shift. And you can see that in terms of, you know, five years ago, money was really taboo in people's lives. And, you know, people didn't talk about money. Um, and if you're an investor and you're, you know, flexing that, it's like, oh, you know, you're just showing off how much money you've got. Where well, that's so different now. It's like, well, because anyone can be an investor, we can have these conversations openly and, and share this knowledge that has um, been so shut off, which has been a big part of how people have generated wealth over the last few years. So I think that that's really important, um, you know, shift that we've seen too, where people, we've seen podcasts light up and, and this whole wealth of information out there around helping people know a bit more about investing and getting into investing and and seeing the benefits of being able to develop wealth. 
some things that have stayed the same is, uh, you know, I, when I Googled investor in 2017, the images I got were, um, are the, kind of the same I still get today, which is, um, a lot of dudes and, um, and, you know, typically older and, you know, all kind of looking the same. And I think that it, but that has changed, you know, we've got people from zero to 97 years old and from a wide range of backgrounds and, um, experiences. And I think I, I want to see that change when I Google image <laughs> investors in the future. Um, you know, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of, opportunities that uh, people are locked out of. We, we really want to give someone with $5 the same money opportunity as someone with $5 million, and there's still a lot more doors that we need to break down, um, and we're doing that. But uh, So I'm looking forward into five, in the next five years really seeing that a big change there, and, and hopefully we're playing a part there. When did you know it was working? It really, when I think when we started to see, oh, yep, there's something working here, was when we started to see that organic growth, so the people that just found us or word of mouth in referrals really start to take off. And that's been a big chunk of our growth um, to this day too. And I think that that shows, oh yeah, you've created something lovable that people are going to go and tell their friends or their community about. And therefore, um, and then they find it, you know, um, they they really enjoy it and, and share the word too. And that's when you should, you know, you've really, you know, getting into the hearts and minds of the people that use the, you know, use Sharesies, I think that's when you know, okay, there's something here. If there's, if people are really proud of using Sharesies and they um really proud of building their portfolio um, and learning about investing and sharing that, then um, I think that's when we started to see that, that kind of groundswell start to take off. Yeah, let, let's look at that because right from the beginning, the focus was to make it so you didn't have to be rich to have a share portfolio and to make it that any everyday Kiwi could have access. And it's easy to think now, well, of course it's easy, but back then it was $30 a transaction if you went to a broker, uh, and that was to buy and sell, and it would take days, and it was hard, and you know it was a real pain. And the fact that it has become so easy and commonplace now is quite quite a remarkable change. Talk to me a little bit about how you did achieve um, breaking down the barriers and changing the perception around share investing. What kind of things did you do? I think, first off... We really, really focused on making a product that was really, really lovable. That you know, it, it wasn't. We weren't trying to just take what was in the industry and make that pos, you know, make that more available. It was really reshaping finances and and money and investing. And so we really listened to people. We wanted to create something that was as easy for them as online shopping and um, and really clear. And they knew what they were getting into, uh, and that they could invest however much they wanted when they wanted. And that's why we think it's really important that people have access. They don't have to worry about how much, what price a share is. They can just go, hey, I want to invest $100 or $200 into into these things and be able to do that, uh, you know, or more or less. And so uh, we really, I think the key thing we focused on was making sure we really built something that was lovable and, and accessible to as many people as possible. Um, then we really made sure that we're building a business that was a force for good. And, you know, we're, we're a B Corp and making sure that, you know, our business is more than the product you see, you know, there's a, over 200 people behind Sharesies now. And, um, and, and, you know, we've got a really great board and, um, and yeah, we really care about the, the systems that we've got in place to make sure that, you know, we really care for our people and our community and our environment, um, yeah, and, and and our customers, and so I think that's a key part of um, 
what's, you know, made us kind of be really strong to our purpose of creating financial empowerment for all and make sure we live that in everything we do. Yeah, and then I think also, you know, being able to attract um, shareholders to join us on our journey to help us scale and grow has been really important too. And I think with those two things combined, really relentless focus and understanding on our investors and our customers and our vision um, for for what investing can be, along with, um, you know, our real core values and and being a B Corp, I think has ultimately helped us to to get the shareholding growth we need in order to um, continue to grow. That focus on bringing anyone in or making anyone welcome, things like the invest from one cent that's currently in the market now is a super kind of supercharged version of that, isn't it? Are there many people investing one cent at a time? And what's the idea behind that? (laughs) So the idea behind it is previously or on a lot of other platforms, you can only buy, a, you can only invest if you have a certain minimum, like you can only invest, you know, a minimum of $500 and um, you have to be, you have to invest by how much is share prices. So if a share price is um, $14.98, you have, you know, you have to invest that amount where we were like, this, this isn't how people think about um, investing, you know, that they don't create their money amounts based on this price. You know, it's really about, if I'm building a portfolio, how much money do I have this week um, or this payday to invest and and then um, and how can I invest it that way? And so we really wanted to break down that barrier and just not make that a barrier. It's like, you know, if you've got $5, you can invest that. If you've got one cent, you can invest that. We're, another part of um, making sure that, you know, we people could invest from one cent um, is to make sure that it really felt accessible and also reduce that feeling of, oh, I need heaps of money to get started, which was really a massive sentiment then. And that's why um, we wanted to be like, look, you don't have to put everything on the table in order to start becoming an investor and learning about investor. You literally can invest with one cent and, and build it from there. But yeah, we have people who have a portfolio of a couple of dollars, people who have multi-million dollar portfolios on sharesies. Um, so yeah, it's it really depends on, we really wanted to make it yeah, however somebody wanted to invest, they can. And you mentioned before about how things like the pandemic and the growth in values um, that's happened since then has been quite amazing in the share market, uh, like quite, quite a remarkable uh, thing that not many people would have guessed. And some of it's kind of cut, some of that heat's come out now um, of the market. But how have you set sharesies up to be different than things like Robin Hood that in the States – um, also have had a lot of retail uh, normal people, investors getting on board. And how have you set it up to be kind of a more responsible environment as Robin Hood's had some terrible outcomes for some of the people because of things like margin lending, which is something that you've stayed right away from? Yeah, we consider ourselves a wealth development platform. We're not a trading platform, um, but, you know, people can trade if they want um, and invest how they want. But really, we we design everything around de- developing wealth. How do we help, um, you know, how do we support somebody to get into investing or who is already an investor, um, you know, use the platform and then build as much education around it so people can uh, learn about investing as they go or um, or make sure they've got the insights they need to, to make the investments that are um, right for them. So, that's what we um, that's what we really focus on, and I think that focus on the educational component um, inside Sharesies and also on our blogs and um, and the podcasts we do 
um, along with uh, making sure, yeah, everything we do in the product and the way we design it is around um, developing wealth and, and supporting that journey rather than trade, 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 um, I think is a, is a key part. Yeah, but we don't um, do margin lending and things like that either. Um, yeah, and I think that is a big, that's a key focus for us and that's, you know, why we started Shoesies is to make sure that people have access to these opportunities and can invest amounts they can afford and build their portfolio over time. When we caught up five years ago and you laid out some of these plans, you said how you'd always wanted to be a CEO, which um, which is so cool that that's always been um, a, a dream of yours. And you hit it very um, young. What kind of things have you had to upskill or grow or learn or bring in to be able to take this business from a standing start to now being such a big venture? Gosh, what have I not learned? <laughs> I feel like every day I'm learning and being challenged in a way that's, you know, helping me grow. So it's constant. Um, I think when I said that, um, yeah, in 2017, I think what I, the, I'd really watched the um, CEOs of the companies I was working in at Kiwi Bank and Zero and just really, I really was obsessed with how leadership works and how people corral and where they spend the energy and their time. And I think that was something that was always really interesting to me and still is today. Um, I can't think of something that I haven't learned or grown in, in terms of that, that journey I've been on. I am, um, you know, when we started, it was um, leading the team of founders and, and a few of the um, early team members we had. And now um, with a team of over 200 of us and now in a um, three-year role. So I'm one of the three CEOs of Shares East now. Um, yeah, it's just been a massive growth curve. And it's been it's been really fun over the last um, few years also um, being a three-year with Sonia Leighton and the other, um, two of the other co-founders. Uh, there were six of us that co-founded Shares East. Uh, and it's been fun learning how to um, lead uh, with alongside them in that in, in this role too. And um yeah, I'm I'm constantly learning and I, I can't even pinpoint here's the one thing because it's just oh, yeah, like I said on the daily. What is involved in being a three EO? So you know, do you have discrete areas that you look after or do you make every decision collaboratively or how does that actually operate in a two hundred person business across three offices? Yeah. So to give some context, I, um, I've had two children since 2017. And when I took, um, parental leave, uh, Leighton and Sonia were co-CEOing and they did that the first time. And then I came back and then they did that the, se- the second time. And when I was coming back, you know, there was something that was a bit funny about, um, being the CEO when Leighton, Sonia and I, um, were the first three that went full-time together. We'd really committed to Shearsies um, early on and uh, were always working side by side. And when I was coming back the second time, uh, I just, I saw, and I know they saw it too, that like now would be a really cool time if we could change this dynamic um, where we could all be three years and we knew that we know each other so well that it would, we would make it work. So we set it up as a trial to start with. We talked to our board. We were like, hey, we're kind of interested in doing this. Um, and can we trial it for six months and see how it goes? And, you know, we'll be really honest about it. And it's just gone really well. I think we we know each other's strengths. We had, um, 
we are so aligned on where we're going and what we're doing to get there. And then we have some really cool perspectives we bring in terms of how we can go about that. Or, um, and I think that's where we, there's like this like richness from the three of us working together. So yeah, how it works is that we, um, yeah, we all, you know, report to the board, I guess, uh, theoretically in that structure, but we're also, um, you know, three of the, the co-founders and we um, and lead the exec team and, and the Shezies team, making sure that we're really driven towards our um, our strategy and, our, and, our, and everything we're doing is really helping create financial empowerment for everyone. And that's a lot of what we focus on. So, uh, it's just, yeah, it's a real joy. It's, it's, it's been a fun, um, journey going, you know, being in these roles. And do each of you have different parts of the business reporting up to you or like areas of, um, you, you, you know, that you look after? Yeah, so we do. So we, um, each have around four people that report to us and look after different areas. And then, yeah, we, we get together and talk, um, at least at least three times a week and um and just you know share what's happening making sure we've got as much like context as possible uh, understand decisions that have been made and make sure that we can like back each other or challenge each other um on certain things um, when needed and yeah it's been we've been doing it for yeah maybe nearly two years uh it's been going pretty well and is that quite a rare thing were you able to look at examples of that operating elsewhere or have you um worked this out to work your particular circumstances? There's heaps of um, co-CEO models out there now, which is great. You know, you can see some really big companies that have done that to, um, you know, companies just starting. And and there's there's strengths in that um, pairing of with co-CEOs. We could only find one other 3EO um, model, and that was a B Corp based in Canada, actually. Um, when I, you know, I was Googling, like, this got to be done before, right? And um, found, you know, of course, in the world ad thing. And that seemed to work quite well for them too. So, uh, yeah, but we were, we knew it was something a bit novel and we didn't have any, you know, any clear kind of handbook of how to do it. But um, we knew each other and we knew we um, ultimately want the best for shares in our people and, and you know, to, to create this world that we see together. So um, we knew it was worth giving it a crack. Ah, that's so cool. And does that help cut down on some of the things that you would have experienced when you were CEOing alone, like the um, that we hear a lot about, like the the loneliness at the top, and um, you, you know the, the the feeling of of everything resting on you, that that pressure and responsibility. Yeah, oh, I I can definitely see that. I think fortunately, um, I did have you know we do have six co-founders, so we always had each other's back in that regard, and um, and could always pick each other's spirits up when needed, which is really great and could really rally around solving problems. So I felt like I didn't have as much as that as what I see some other CEOs have, but definitely there was that, um, there's something special about having those shared consciousnesses, I guess, on this, on similar problems and being able to increase that like thoughtfulness and, and different perspectives of how to go about something and ultimately come up with probably a better decision. So there is a real strength in, um, in, in operating in this way, I reckon. And we'll be back shortly to cover role models, balancing work and family, and where Shazies is going next. 
Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Welcome back to Business is Boring. I'm here with Brooke Roberts, 3EO at Sharesies. In terms of, you know, where, where you've come now, I mean, the numbers and the um, the impact you've had in the country are quite remarkable. You know, to have kind of nearly 10% of the population on a platform is absolutely bananas, considering it was such a new idea for New Zealand only five years ago. Um, how How... How does that feel? Like, are there kind of pinch me moments or does it feel like you're just starting? <laughs> or, you know, because five years is also not particularly long for a business. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like we're just starting, but the, always, I think. But there's some funny moments like um, when I, you know, I see someone and they're like, oh, okay, so where do you work? What do you do? And I'm like, Shazies. And then their reaction it's just like some of them just like, oh, she's, oh, I love she's, I'm in the app all the time. And, oh, um, you know, I've been, I, that's how I got into investing. And before that, I had no idea. And it's just really cool hearing these stories that come out. And, you know, it wasn't long ago that we, you know, there's still a lot of people that don't know who Shazies are. And, um, but it's been really interesting seeing, you know, when usually I'd have to say Shazies and the pitch behind it, like that's kind of reduced a bit. Um, and just seeing, the impact that it's had on people, it's just, yeah, it brings me so much joy. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the team, sh- it's not just me, you know, like it's a team. The team should be really proud of everything they've done to 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 date. Um, but as they know, there's just so much more to do in terms of creating financial empowerment for all and it does just feel like it's still day one. Yeah. And there have been things in the wider market like the NZX um, and having so many more retail investments and it being dubbed the sharesies effect. So like some real big things in the culture showing the effect that the business is having. What, what are some of your favourite stories of people who have um, been using the platform or, or do you have favourite stories of people, you know, the, the, the normal people who didn't have access to shares before who've got involved? I mean, everyone's, you know, got elements of normal, I guess. I think it was more that, um, yeah, I think a lot of people had been excluded or not been thought about when um, these systems were designed or, or just wasn't brought into the the day and age we're in now too of um, having technology um so easily accessible to us at any stage. 
Oh, I've got so many wonderful stories. I think one that really warms my heart is this. Um, I remember hearing about from this woman who um, was in quite a toxic relationship, a, a kind of a coercive controlling relationship from what I took from it. And um, and she was able to put some money away into a sharesies for her and her son and, and be able to get out of that relationship and, and get into a better position for her and her son and also be able to start building a portfolio and feeling that financial independence. So that's one that I'm I'm just really stoked that we were able to help support her and her you know, family into a better situation, but also that she now had these tools to feel um, more empowered and, and confident to, to, to build her, um, her, her, her life again um, in that way. So that's one that um, I think about often. I think I, I love ones too when I hear about families sitting around a dinner table talking about um, investing and what's happened in the you know what's happened in their uh, in their portfolio and why. I think that's such an important skill and knowledge for us to share with our tamariki in our lives. And I love when I hear stories like that, uh, or you know, experiences like that. Um, you know, to people being able to get into their first home or be able to um, you know save up to travel soon, hopefully, or you know, like there's just so many um, experiences that people can get from that financial empowerment and and just learning about compounding returns and how investing works and and just feeling like there's a there's hope and there's a and there's a path forward for their future um yeah those are the stories that really get me and it would have changed the actual face of the investment uh in in New Zealand wouldn't it there'd be a lot more women investing and so a lot more financial independence and empowerment uh, for for women as a as a real output of of changing the picture of the average investor. Yeah, and you know, and we've got people like I said earlier. I think from zero years old to ninety seven years old. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, there's definitely a changing picture, but there's so much more to do for underrepresented communities too here in Aotearoa, uh, and um, and at large to to still women. I think you know we we do have quite a um, healthy number of women on our platform and it is International Women's Day today. So um, when we're recording this, obviously. So yeah, there's just still much, heaps more to do, but that's something that we always focus on is just, yeah, making sure it's a platform for everyone, no matter how much experience you have or your background. And that purpose that underlies us, I mean, lots of banks and financial products like to talk about um, purpose, but they've always just been about making the money. But the fact that it really did have a financial empowerment purpose the fact you're going out and saying invest from one cent, I'm sure very few financial organisations in the world would be interested in people who <laughs> might be wanting to invest a cent at a time. Like, you you, you, you live it very true. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, I saw that you, you mentioned that your grandmother was a really important person in your life for um, living a, a, a life of um, generosity and good values. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how that's kind of part of the mix? Yeah, majority of them, yeah, have passed away, aside from my nana, who's still going strong, which is great. And, yeah, she focused on, um, yeah, this nana. She, yeah, she lives in Manurewa, lived there uh, our whole life. And, um, and my dad lives there too. And, yeah, she spends her whole day knitting for premature babies um, 
uh, and gives this to to the local hospital. She would back in, when she could drive, you know, would go and do meals on wheels, and I'd go around with her at, at times. And then also she'd spend the, a lot of her weekends volunteering in the um, local op shops, and she's just she's just. Um, yeah, just constantly giving. Like you'd say, you you know, you'd say you're cold and she'd give you her jacket even though she would freeze. You know, she was just like, probably gave too much. You know, she's just so, so generous in that regard. And yeah, I think I I um, I learned a lot about, you know, your your place in the community and, um, and making sure that you're, yeah, like you're just really rooted and connected to, to, to what's going on and supporting and creating change where needed and, yeah, just being a good person, really. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and what have they thought to see your your journey in the business and where Shazies is today? I think it's changed her perception uh, of women in leadership. I know she um, she once said to me, actually, "Oh, um, well, a woman can't really be in leadership; it can only be men, can't it?" And I was like, um, uh, and I just said to her, oh, what do you think that means for um, me and your other granddaughters? And then the next time she came back and she'd totally changed her tune, which was really cool. And she she made that known as soon as I walked in the door. So I think I think that there's just some per- perceptions too of um, her generation that are um, interesting and need to be challenged. Uh, but I think I think yeah, maybe part of what I've been doing and what we've been doing has started to really challenge some of those perceptions she might have had. And tell me about the the capital, because you mentioned earlier about the the, um, the shareholders. And, and it's such a key part of growing a company like this, isn't it? Having um, that, that capital behind you. And recently the raise was uh, $50 million more million for growth on a $500 million valuation, which is you know, it's amazing and the numbers sound so great, but from having spent time in a fast um, growth company, it's not really $50 million job done. It's really 50 million promises that you've made to people that you're now responsible to deliver. Can you can you tell us a little bit about, about how you approach um, that and, yeah, and, 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 and how you kind of keep a level head amongst um, all of that responsibility and those big numbers and the like? Yeah, I, I think... It's interesting. It doesn't really, um, to me, matter how much money they're, um, we're raising. It, it still feels the same as the first raise we've ever done, you know. But now it's more about we've got more proof points, I think, uh, which has been, you know, in terms of being running and people using the platform and how they're using it compared to our first raise where we were pre-revenue and pre-product and, you know, had hopes and dreams at that point, but um, they had a really, you know, clear vision and team and, I think, um, yeah, that like I said, the 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 quantum isn't um, the focus really. It's like actually, well, if in order for us to get to this next phase of Shazies, um, and if and if these shareholders that we've got, you know, believe in where we're going and and believe that we've got the ability to to make this happen, then um, then this is what we need in order to to bring that to life. And we're really fortunate to have shareholders that are. Re, that really, really care about why we exist and want to see the future that we're creating, um, and and see that in a sustainable way. And so, yeah, we we definitely have some strong ambitions, and with that comes, you know, strong challenge and um, and 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 needs that clarity of focus in order to bring that, you know, to bring that vision to life. And I think we're just really fortunate to have shareholders that believe in that, and yeah, that we can have the capital behind us to get us to that next phase. 
What is the next phase? Where is Shazzy's going? Yeah, so we've grown really well here in Aotearoa so far, but there's so much more to do here still. So we definitely see that there's a lot more opportunity um, creating, giving someone with five and five dollars and five million the same money opportunities. So we're going after that in Australia. You know, we just we're still pretty new there. It hasn't even been a year since we've launched there, and so um, it's like. Um, you know, really making sure that we're creating um, a platform that really, really does um, create financial empowerment in Australia and uh, and that it's something that's really lovable. So that's something we really focus on and making sure that, uh, yeah, that we grow our way there. And, yeah, I think, again, like I was saying, you know, there's, there's a lot more opportunity for us to start moving into other money opportunities. So that's something we're starting to look into too. What will success be for you? And for the company? I think for me, you know, the thing I, it is a constant challenge too, but something I am really proud of is that I do get to reshape what working um, or growing this um, sharesies and and being a mother and being part of my family is like, you know, and I feel really fortunate that, you know, I can go pick them up from kindy and, you know, I can just find ways to be have that flexibility to be really there for them and, and there for sharesies. And not saying that that works every day. There's some days you're just like, ah. <laughs> but I think that's something that I'm um, that that I'm really enjoying and I want to make sure that, you know, anybody that's part of sharesies, but hopefully anybody in any business can feel now, especially with these changing dynamics we've had over the last couple of years, that that can be more of a reality for more people. And so that's something for me, I think that I want to, you know, look back and feel really proud of what I've, you know, how I've spent my time and, and that I, you know, have started to create more opportunities for more people through the, the work I've done and then also been able to lead my life in a way that I've been, you know, um, a great mother and friend and partner and all that sort of jazz and found a little bit of time for me every now and then. <laughs> and then for Shearsies, yeah, I think it's you, that we really have cracked financial empowerment for all and somebody with $5 and $5 million does have the same money opportunities. That's that's something that I um, I know that there's so much more to do in, but can see that there's really an opportunity there, and um, and with you know our belief and intent, we'll get there. Yeah. What do you think has allowed you uh, as a team to be able to do things in these different ways, like um, to be able to be uh, three EOs and to um, authentically be a, a mum and a leader and um, be be open and honest about all of that. It's it's not accepting the status quo, I guess, or not accepting, well, this is how it's done and, you know, insert your you here, you know. It's like, well, how do we want this done? You know, rethinking and reimagining this world and um, there's so much more we can do in that space too, but I think that's a key part is like being really curious and thinking, well, how do we want this to work and then how could that work? And then having, you know, our Ali and John, our independent directors, um, are really supportive of, of um, giving think, giving these things a go and um, and see that we do think things through too. And then also, you know, our shareholders are really, they really want us to create a company they're really, really proud of, um, proud of, you know, helping support and putting their money behind. And we've got a team who, who really care about that too. So I think um, it's felt kind of natural to us in a way. Thank you to Brooke to you for listening and for everyone who helps make this happen. Do follow Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to rate and leave a review if you like what we do. Enohora. 
from the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, te aihe Butler here, Podcast Manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.